Good morning, Renaissance. Good morning. My name is Lester. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, you know, sometimes I wish we could just end service there, like, you know, just worship um, and just sing about who God is, and then we're good. <laughs> we're good. Um, my name is, once again, my name is Lester. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, please pray for Jordan and Jess. Uh, they're in Buffalo right now, just giving, uh, just uh, doing a report uh, to one of our supporting churches. Uh, it's one of the things that they, we just have to do and they have to do sometimes. So please pray for their safe travels. Uh, there are other churches who support us who just love to hear uh, just kind of a progress report of like, all the good things they've been hearing about our church. So please keep them in your prayers. Uh, we're continuing our series in the Lord's Prayer, and we're getting to the 11th verse of Matthew chapter 6. So let me just read our verse for us uh, for this, uh, this morning. Starting from verse 9, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 13. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. Uh, I am really appreciating us going into the Lord's Prayer uh, this, uh, these past few weeks. And it's something that we just continue to kind of need to go into and unpack. And hopefully, I, I, I hope that it's been a, a blessing to you. See, each section that we've been going through, starting from Our Father in Heaven, Hallowed Be Your Name, Your Kingdom Come, You Will Be Done on Earth as It Is in Heaven. Each step, each section of this prayer is kind of a step uh, of, of God going up and us kind of going down. Uh, it's kind of reorienting kind of the priorities and the place uh, of who's kind of on top and who should be on top and who should be leading and who is kind of underneath it. Not in a, in a bad way, but in a, as we'll talk about a little later on, kind of just in terms of a priority setting. So each step is a confession and embracing the truth that God is just not just a father, but he's a good father. Not just a father figure, a parent, but a good father about God's greatness, of how holy he is and how set apart he is on so many levels. And yet, as far and above us as he is, he chooses to be with us and get on our level. And as, uh, as one preached a couple weeks ago about the kingdom, we're saying, God, your kingdom come, my kingdom go. Let your kingdom come, God, and let my kingdom go. And Jordan last week talking about the will of God. Let God, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like we want God, you to reign in our lives. We want you to be in control. And that's, that's an ongoing battle that we face. And today we're looking at God as a good father who feeds his children and gives them what they need to face today and for tomorrow. So we're continuing the Lord's series, and we're talked about how God is just opening up us opening us up to his word and his goodness. So just quickly, just quickly turn to your neighbor and ask them this really serious question. What's your favorite food? Or tell them your favorite food. <clears throat> that you, this food is your go-to food, your go-to. You have to have it. All right, all right, all right, that's enough. Okay. I just said food, not foods. Okay, this shouldn't take that long. <laughs> okay. 
See, the correct answer, it's pizza, right? If you're holy like me, <laughs> it should be pizza, okay? No, I'm kidding. Um, see, typically there are, there are two types of people when it comes to food. There are those who love to eat and those who eat to live. And everyone in between, but those are kind of the two ranges. Those who love to eat and those who eat to live. Now, those who love to eat, it's kind of obvious. Those, who, those who of you who love to eat, you love trying new, new things, new restaurants, new dishes, and you seem, seemingly always take pictures of it. <laughs> if, if you're more like me, you eat to live. Uh, it's not that I don't appreciate good food. It's just I don't really care as much. Like, I, I am perfectly content eating pizza every day, you know? And so... Uh, it's just a different, different thing. But whether you're on the side of, I love to eat, which is totally cool, I'm kind of somewhat jealous of it, or you're kind of more like me, you kind of eat to live, and you, you can appreciate good food, but you just don't really care as much. Regardless of which side you're on, no one can say, oh, you know what? Yeah, in, you know, 2008, I, in 2008, no, I had dinner, and that was good. And uh, I'm set. I'm good for now. No one can say, I'm done eating. No one can say, like, it's enough. I tried it. I tried eating. You know, I even tried eating three meals a day. That's not for me. It's not my thing. It's not like shoes. It's not like clothes. It's not like, you know, you, you just taste it once. It's not like, you know, you, you try CrossFit or yoga, and you're like, what the heck is this thing? And you're like, nah, that's not for me. I'm, not, I'm never doing this again. Food is not an option. You have to eat. You and I have to eat. It's not a negotiable thing. And so food plays a, a huge part uh, in our lives, and food has been in, in Scripture, in the Bible, since the beginning of time. And God places food uh, as a kind of a test in the beginning, as, as we constantly keep going back to Genesis chapter 3 because we have to, because it's like, it sets the foundation of why we're just off track on so many ways. And if you remember what Jordan said last week, when God, when God places Adam and Eve in the garden, he says, you can eat anything you want here except this one thing. This one thing. And that one food that they shouldn't have eaten has put us on a track that has been kind of a bad track and has kind of ruined us on so many levels. So food is a huge part. And now Jesus is teaching his disciples because they ask him, they're asking Jesus, Jesus, teach us how we're supposed to come before God. And now Jesus comes to this point in verse 11 about food. And he's teaching his disciples, say, when you come before God, ask him. Ask him, he says, give us today our daily bread. And so he's teaching him. So as Jesus opens in verse 11, we're going to look at a few things. We're going to look at the section of give us today. We're going to look at the section of our daily bread and how it applies to us. So give us today. That phrase alone, that, that prayer, that just beginning part of that, of that prayer by itself is an admission that you need God to give it to you. When you say, give me today, that those words alone are saying, I can't, I don't have it, so you got to give it. I don't have it in me, I, don't, I can't get it, so you got to give it to me. It's an admission of, like, of, of, just, of a need. It's a plea for, for God to give it to us. And in Genesis 3, Adam and Eve didn't ask. They just took it. And from that point, things just got ruined. 
In both Matthew chapter 6 and Luke 11, when Jesus teaching about the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, Jesus teaching his disciples in both passages, in both books, about asking God to give us today, each day. And I, and I want us to kind of look into that passage, that section about today and each day. My children, when they're hungry, complain. Uh, they complain all day, and they overact. I don't know if you have kids, but like, if they're hungry, like my oldest, he complains like, oh, Dad, I have a headache. My left arm feels weird. I don't feel it anymore. So they start complaining. And then once he eats, he's fine. And it's like he acts like he's like dying. I'm like, you're just hungry, <laughs> you know? And if you think about it, in the last five years, or last, within the last five, five, ten years, we created a whole new category. We created a whole new word, the word hangry, right? That word was never around when I was a kid. He's like, Dad, I'm just hungry. But hangry is now, <laughs> hangry is now a legitimate term to describe our attitude, our behavior when we're hungry. We're not nice or pleasant people to be around. We're not fun. Um, and the line of like, the line, in this line in verse 11, give us today is a plea. We're asking God to provide it. And so it, I do want to say, like, I do want to like lay out and make some things clear. It's when my kids ask me for food, it's not because they're completely unable to do anything on their own. My, my oldest is eight now, so he can kind of make toast. He can kind of have cereal. But he knows there's a limit. You know, he, does a, does a, he knows there's a limit of how far he can go. Like, so when it comes to his favorite food, he can't make it. And so he comes to me. He says, Dad, can I have and whatever it is? You know, it's just it, because he knows inherently that there's, there's a limit without him saying it, without him even realizing it. There's only so much I can do, and beyond that, I can't do it. So he asks, you know. And so for us, like, the idea of, like, submitting, the idea of admitting as, in, as Americans that we can't do something, is, it's kind of an insult to us. If someone said, you can't do this and you can't be that, it's, those are like insulting words for us. We don't, we don't want to hear those things. And if anything, we want as much as possible to be so independent so that we don't have to ask for anything. If you're like me, who's, and I'm a very proud person, I will try to live my life as long as possible and go throughout my day in life as long as possible without having to ask anybody for help. I want to sustain myself. I want to completely sustain myself. And so, but the problem is this, uh, we can look at the next slide, is with God, God does not have adult children. God is always a father, and we don't get to the point where we outgrow God. Unlike our lives right now when we're like babies and our parents take care of us, and then we get older, we, you know, we grow up, we become adults, and then our parents get older, and then we start taking care of them. Unlike that, God does not have adult children. God just has children. Because God is always Father. He, does, we don't, he doesn't outgrow that position. He doesn't, he doesn't grow dependent upon us later on in life. We are always His children. We never outgrow our need of Him. And we always need God. And so, please, I, I do want to make this clear. Like I said with my kids, it's this, when I say this, that we always need God to provide for us, I don't mean it in a sense like there's literally nothing you can ever do. Right? I, I do want us to kind of move away from these extremes of approaching God and saying, well, God, either, like, you know, when you hear, like, either God gives you everything or nothing. Right? It's, it's not like feast or famine in that way. 
Like, there are things you can do. You can. Like, you have money in your pocket. You can go out and you can get brunch after service. Right? It's not like you can't do it. You, know, you don't just sit in, the, in, these, in these uncomfortable seats and say, God, bring me brunch because only you can do it. No, you, you're an adult. You could get up and do it yourself. But there are some things you cannot do. There are some things that are meant to be, and they're not as good as the original. Right? What's meant to be is not as good as the original. Like, for example, some of us, I know some of my friends, they, I don't like this. I don't like the cereal, but my friends, a lot of my friends love Captain Crunch. Right? They love Captain Crunch. And then, like, there's the imitation Captain Crunch. It's like Captain, I don't know, Crunk or something. It's just, it's just some other cereal. Uh, if you like Fruit Loops, it's like Fruity O's. Right? It's some other one. And it's like, you know, you know, it is what it is. And if you like it, that's cool. But if you had the original, it's just, honestly, it's not the same. It's not the same. There is like something that's meant to be, and then there's our attempt at it. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this Pinterest fail, but there's a picture of like um, what is supposed to be, right? And what ends up actually happening, right? There's like the ideal we shoot for, like, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to make. And then we try it, and it ends up being this, I don't know what that is, but uh, it's really unappetizing. I, it's probably, it's per perfect for Halloween. Perfect for Halloween, you know? And so, in the same way, we're like that. There are things like we can do, right? It's not like you're, you're, you're completely, like, you have no, no intelligence, you have no abilities, you can't do anything at all. Like, you're just this slug. That's not an accurate case. You can do things. Just like God gave Adam and Eve a lot of freedom, but there are some things that are meant to be and some things we take on our, on our, by our own control, and the timing isn't right for it. See, I would never tell my son when he asks for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, wow, you're stupid. I may say that for other things, but for, when he comes to me for a meal, I don't say, wow, you're stupid, or you're weak. What is wrong with you? I would never say that when they ask for a meal. I would never say that when they're hungry. I would never look at them and be like, oh, it's been eight years already. Right? <laughs> How much longer you do that? How much longer do I have to carry you? You know? Stand on your own two feet. I would never do it. What's stupid is when they don't ask me and they try to do it themselves because they end up making it more of a mess than anything else. What's stupid is if they, did, if they were hungry, I, I, sometimes like, they go, I'm, I, go they, they, I say, hey, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm hungry. I'm like, why didn't you ask me earlier? And then I think they're kind of stupid. But them asking me, I, as a parent, I never look at them that way. I never look at them that way. But for us, and this idea of discipleship, of following Jesus, you know, as Jordan Aswan was saying before, the idea of discipleship is learning unlearning, and relearning, right? Learning, unlearning, and relearning. There's a part of us, honestly, as Americans, it's a huge handicap and disadvantage to being an American, is that we're so fiercely independent and in protecting our so-called freedom and the ability to so-called do whatever we want, which is a lie too, that we, we, see, we see it as a weakness to need help. We see it as a weakness to ask for things. We see it as like, no, you should be able to do that. You're old enough now. You should be able to do those things. And then we carry that, out, carry that into our relationship with God as if God's going to look at us that way. 
God is always a father. We never outgrow our need for him. So we need to unlearn this thing about how God, like somehow it's, it's a weak or a bad thing. Because my kids are unable to do it, and I perfectly understand that, I am more than happy to provide for their every need because they ask for it. When we ask God, give us today our daily bread, God doesn't think that we're stupid. God doesn't think that we're weak. Or, here we go again, a good father, a good parent, always provides for his children's needs. That's just how God operates. This is a part when we say, give us today, that God is reminding us that God is a good father and that we need him to feed us. We simply need him to feed us because we cannot provide for ourselves. Let's, and then we're going to section about our daily bread. So, so we say, give us today, and then it goes, our daily bread. When Jesus is teaching on this, this passage about daily bread, uh, commentators have said, like, you know, they both agree. It, it literally means, like, our physical bread. Like, we just need to eat. But they also agree that it's, Jesus doesn't mean just bread. He means something more than just that. In Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4, it's interesting. Matthew 4.4 4 and Luke 4.4 4 gives an account about how Jesus is in the wilderness. He's being tempted. He doesn't eat 40 days and 40 nights. He's clearly hungry. Satan comes to him and says, you know, look at, these, look at these stones on the ground. Just turn them into bread. You can do it. Turn them into bread, eat, and then you won't be hungry anymore. But what does Jesus say? He says, especially in Matthew 4, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. In Luke 4, it says, it is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. In both Matthew and, Mar- and, and, and Luke, Jesus is not saying that we don't need bread right, and that we don't need to eat, but he's saying that there's something more that we need than just that. There's something a lot more than we just that. There are some things that remain a constant, just like you could not save yourself spiritually, just like you could not redeem yourself and make yourself right with God. Spiritually, you cannot feed yourself on your own. You cannot. And likewise, so we need to do this. So it would be a different thing if all we were were physical beings, like we're just creatures of matter, like a car. Like a car, if you're driving it and it's running low on gas and you can't go any further, what do you do? You just just refill it with gas, right? You don't need to talk to it. You don't need to love it and say, oh, you're a good car. You're a faithful car. You're so, you're, you look, you're so pretty today, I know. You're so good looking, you're so, you know, you're so reliable, you know. You're such a good car, you know. You just fill it and it goes. It doesn't need anything else. But we're not made like that. We're creating the image of God and the complexities of, our, of who we are as, as a being, it's much more than just matter. So it's much more than just food. We need something much deeper than that. We need to, fed now, we need to be fed not only spirit, like physically but spiritually because we're created in his image. So here are some side effects of not eating, okay? So here's some side effects of not eating. The side effects, bless you, of not eating, common symptoms include hunger, shakiness, anxiety, dizziness, sweating, weakness, confusion, and change in mood. Um, I don't know, but that sounds like me. It sounds like a lot of us in our life, Right? It sounds like not only physically, but spiritually, we're like that too. We're hungry. We get kind of shaky. We're, we're anxious about things. We're kind of unclear. We're weak. We're confused. And definitely, we definitely have change in mood. This is a symptom of not eating. 
And so I think the one of the one of the things I, one of the ways I, I I think would be helpful to illustrate is is the same way as um, how many of you like me maybe none of you ever have, but I doubt it. How many of you have gone to the supermarket knowing that all you need is like maybe bread and some milk, but you're hungry? All right. So I walk in the supermarket. I go, all I need is bread and milk. And then I go, I don't need a basket. I don't need a basket. So I just grab the milk, grab the bread, and then I see other things. And next thing you know, like, I have to either grab a basket or I'm just carrying an armful of stuff. And I ended up paying a lot more money and having a lot more things than I originally planned. And that's like us. That's like us even spiritually. Like, there's a, there's a difference between, and that's one of the symptoms of, like, being hungry. It's like when... When we're hungry, we're not in our, in, our, in our right mind in a lot of ways. And we can't make good decisions. Like, it's totally different. Like, the experience of going shopping at the supermarket is totally different from when you're hungry and after you already ate. You literally just, you know, you just get what you need and maybe you'll pick up dessert, you know. And the price difference is huge, <laughs> you know. It's huge. And the thing is, the desires in our heart, the desires in our lives. So we're not talking about just needs, but the desires, the things we want in our life, they need to be in the right place. Otherwise, it's crushing. It's crushing. If the desire can be crushing, if we're not coming out of a place of being full. So, for example, whether it be money, whether it be relationships, whether it be a status in life, whether it be our health, whatever, whatever it may be, those are good desires. Please, we've never said in Renaissance. And I don't think we'll ever will, saying that being married or wanting to be married is bad, or ha wanting to have kids is bad, or wanting to have be in better health is bad, or even wanting more money is bad, or wanting a better job or better. We have never said, and we never will. Those are bad things. Those are those are good desires to have. Those are things that, you know, hopefully God will grant you. But if the other desire in your heart, the real fullness of your heart, is not met, that desire can be crushing. It's like shopping when you're hungry. You end up with all these things, and now you're just bankrupt in so many ways. You fill your life because you're not, you're not in your right mind. You and I are not in our right mind, and we just constantly make bad decisions. And so it only makes sense when the orientation of our lives, the orbit of our lives now revolve around God, not the other way around, not, the, not these other things. And so we need God. We need to be fed today so we can face tomorrow. You and I need to be fed today. So we ask God, give us today our daily bread. So we need to be fed today to face tomorrow. And I would actually even push it further. You and I need to be fed today to face today and also to face tomorrow. That's what we need. In Exodus chapter 16, it's a, it's a passage that maybe a lot of you know. God brings the Israelites out of Egypt and uh, out of captivity and out of slavery and they're now in this wilderness, this desert, and they just start complaining. There's nothing to eat. We're hungry. We're tired. Sounds like a road trip, but uh, you know. And they're just, they're just, they're hangry, okay. And then God says, "Okay, I will provide. I'll provide for you." He goes, "Look," and but he gives specific instructions to the people of Israel. He provides manna, this this mysterious bread that comes in the, in the morning dew. But he, he gives the instruction. He says, what he, what he, if you know the story, he says, take only what you need for today. Take only what you need for today. Don't take anything more. 
and take it for someone else. Just take only what you need for today. And when Jesus is teaching us, Lord God, Father, give us today our daily bread. He's teaching us this principle that we need to come to God, just like in the, in, with, with Matta. We need to come to God today for today and nothing more. And that's why, you know, for a lot of us, we experience a lot of, uh, I guess I would call spiritual hangriness. You can't carry over food in your life. Just because you ate today doesn't mean you don't need to eat tomorrow or Tuesday or Wednesday. You can't be like, I'm good. I had a huge brunch and unlimited mimosas. It was awesome, right? I'm good for the whole week. No, you're, you, you're going to be a mess. You're going to be a hot mess. And likewise, spiritually, it doesn't work that way also. God is teaching us a dependence upon him. You cannot just come Sunday, although we're so glad you're here, and expect to do well throughout the week without him. He's teaching us, he's teaching us as, his, as a father, look, you need to come every day. And it rails against our sense of independence and, and say, we don't need you, God. The daily part, when he says, give us today our daily bread, takes away any sense of not having to need God. It actually flips it. It says, no, you need God on a daily basis because our natural desire, our natural fallen condition is to act as if we don't need God. And just like, today, just like today's lunch won't carry us over tomorrow, our souls need to be fed on a daily basis. That's why Jesus says, man will not live on bread alone. Man cannot live it. You and I cannot live but from every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's why we encourage the, you know, your Bible reading, the CBR. That's why we encourage community groups. That's why we encourage prayer throughout the week. It's not just a one-shot deal, but carry. You and I are not made that way. We need God on an everyday basis. In John chapter 6, um, it's a story of, of Jesus feeding 5,000 people more because the the account of is probably just of just the men there so five thousand men with with women and kids if they're there it's probably double that amount so jesus feeds a lot of people he feeds a lot of people and to the point that it overflows and then he leaves and then after these people eat the next day they go looking for him like because like they were fed they were taken care of now they want more food and but the thing is jesus doesn't feed them again Jesus says, this, Jesus says a whole bunch of things that really throw them off. And in the end, he says, I am the bread of life. Jesus declares, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never grow hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. When the people come looking for food, he says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. If you, if you partake of me, you will never go hungry or thirsty. Let me clean that up by saying, this doesn't mean that you won't, you won't ever crave for other things. It doesn't mean like, oh, because I have Jesus, I will never want to be married. I will never want to be loved by someone. I will never want to be healthier. I will never want to have kids. I will never want to whatever it is. That's not what Jesus is saying. He says you won't be hungry. And those things are good. But he's saying, I will fill you so that those things in your life, you don't need them to be whole. Some of us have believed this lie that you need whatever it is in order to be whole, in order to be complete, 
And Jesus says, no, you eat from me. You take of me, and you won't be hungry and thirsty anymore. And it doesn't mean you should not pray for those things. It doesn't mean you shouldn't want those things. Jesus never says that. But he's putting it in priority. It's like, those are okay, but if you have me, you won't be a half person. You will be whole. You can want those things, and those things will add to your life. But please, please stop believing the lie that you need something else to be whole. The gospel challenges the very root and identity of our lives. The gospel challenges, like, do you, what, what do you need to be whole? What do you need to be clean? What do you need to be right? And we said this before, the gospel is Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And for so long, we believed a lot that Jesus plus something else is what will make me happy and complete and healthy. No, Jesus plus nothing is everything. And it doesn't mean you can't pray for those things or want for those things, but I think of it this way. Maybe you just, you just need God to say, God, give me today my daily bread to help me with my struggles today with what I want in my life. So feed me to the point where I will be ready, and if you do give it to me, I will be ready for it. Like children, like my kids, when, I were, when, they, were, when, they, were, when they were infants, I can't feed them steak. I can't teach them football or basketball when they're like, they can't even walk. But if you feed regularly, just, just like a baby's fed regularly, if you grow, you will come to the point where God can give you those things, and you'll be ready for it. They're not like... I, this, is, this is a struggle for me, and I'm sure it's maybe a struggle for, for many of us. God is a good father. And he loves you more than you love yourself. Because left to ourselves, if you got everything you ever wanted, whenever you wanted, if you're like me, you're not, you will not be a nice person. And even that won't be enough. You'll constantly look for someone else. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this picture. Um, on, uh, on Facebook. It's been kind of been going around, or it's, it's kind of viral. It's about a dad and his daughter and their morning ritual uh, before she goes to school. You know, he makes her say these things, and he's a much better dad than I, than I am. But uh, I'll just read real quickly what he tells his daughter to repeat, and as she looks at it, she recites it. She says, I am strong. I am smart. I work hard. I am beautiful. I am respectful. I am not better than anyone. No one's better than me. I am amazing. I am great. And he asks her, if you fall, she responds, I get back up. See, what you and I need, and Jesus says, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the word of God. We need to come back to the word of God to remind us. It, it, it goes back to the garden when Adam and Eve sinned and they hid, and God says, where are you? What was their response? He says, oh, we hid because we heard you, because we're naked. And did you, do you, if you remember the, this, this passage, God asked them a question. Who told you you were naked? Who told you that? And God's word is our mirror for us that we need to hear and even tell ourselves on a daily basis. Who told you this lie that you are not whole without me? Who told you that you're not loved? Who told you you're incomplete? Who told you you're unlovable? Who told you 
that you're, you're still not forgiven. Who told you that? Who told you that you're still covered in shame? Who told you that? I didn't tell you that. And actually, the opposite is what happens in God's word. And so we look in the mirror, and God says, who told you that? And we come to his word to be reminded. Give me today my daily bread, because I need you to remind me the truth I need today. For example, I need to remind, it says in Jeremiah, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Everlasting love. Before you were even born, I loved you. I need to be reminded in Psalm 139 that I am fearfully, that means awesomely, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your hands are for me. I know that full well. I need, to, I need to be reminded of my calling. That Jesus says, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Because whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. I need to be reminded as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed his, my transgressions from him. I need to remind that neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, nor any other power can set me from the love of God that is in Christ. I need to be reminded that I am a new creation in Jesus Christ. I need to stand in front of the mirror with God and have him tell me, he goes, repeat my words and say these things, just like this father talks with his daughter before she faces the world that we live in. You and I daily need to be reminded because we're so quick to forget. One thing will happen in our life, one thing will happen in our day, and we'll totally be devastated. But if you are full, if you are fed, it's not that it was a bad, we're not denying the bad thing that happened that day, but you won't, you won't be devastated by it. You will remember the truth, that you're full, that you're whole, you're complete. Ask God today for daily bread. Ask God to have him feed you. Ask God to remind you that he is a good father and that he loves to provide for his children. See, every communion we take, his Jesus' death, life, and resurrection is a reminder to us that he's faithful, he's good, he's loving. And also that we cannot feed ourselves. And so he says, take this remembrance of me because my body was broken for you so that you could be made whole. My blood was shed for you. Drink of it. So you remember that all your sins, every single sin, I don't care what it is or how bad you think it is, I wash it clean. Ask him to feed your soul today so that you can face today. Ask him to feed you so you can face today and also for tomorrow. Let me just give us a couple of practical things and we'll close up. The Lord's Prayer is something that we pray individually and corporately. It says, give us today. Us. It doesn't say give me today. Only give, give us today. So as you pray for that, pray for our church. Pray for your neighbor. Pray for people who you know are having a hard time and say, God, give them that, give them today their daily bread. Feed them. Give them the strength that they need to face today, whatever they're facing. And be well fed. Take the time to read his word, to pray, to seek him out and ask him so that you're well fed to make good decisions throughout this week. And develop a daily habit of seeking out them. Because you, just like, just, I, I don't want to be a broken record, but we cannot carry yesterday's manna. You cannot carry yesterday's blessing to tomorrow. You need his presence. You need his support. You need, you need him. You and I need him to walk with us every single moment, every single day. Let's come before him. Understand once again, God is a good father who loves to provide for his children and will provide in his wisdom, out of his great wisdom and sovereign love for us. Let's seek him out. 
Ask him today. God, give us today. Give me today my daily bread so I can face today and so you can bring me to tomorrow. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that it, the Lord's Prayer opens up by reminding us that you are our Father, Lord. You're not a, an oppressive king who needs to flex his muscle, who needs to force us to do things and show us that you're in control, but you remind us that you are a good Father who, even though so far above us in so many ways, loves to be with his children. Help us to let go of the lie that, Lord, we can do it on our own because our salvation is evidence of that. We could not save ourselves. So, Lord, we need you to feed us today. Give us this lie that it's a bad thing to be a child before you, Lord. It's not weak. It's not foolish. It's not stupid. But it's the best place to be, to be taken care of from the one person who can provide for all our needs. Father, and I pray for anyone here, Lord, who's struggling who's having a hard time to make it through even today, Lord. Give them today, Lord, your spirit, your power, your presence. Remind them through your word, Lord, of how much they mean to you, Lord, that Jesus, you had to have your body broken to save them. Give us today, we pray. Give us renaissance this day, our daily bread. Lord, we need you to feed us today so we can see you again and have you carry us into tomorrow. Feed us, we pray. This is our, this is our prayer. This is our, this is our plea. This is our desire. Feed us today, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name.